Welcome to The Sedated Man. I want to thank you for being here. If this is your first time, thanks for checking us out. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for returning. I'd also like to ask that after the podcast, you take a minute and leave us a review on whatever platform you happen to be listening on. And lastly, we keep all of our show notes on patreon.com where you can help support the podcast. You can also find all of the notes, all of the really important notes for prior episodes. You can see the notes on those episodes, but I usually bring uh, the very important portions of those forward. You can find the articles I reference there. You can find any PDFs that I that I happen to uh, reference there. You can find all the scripture references. It's good stuff. Go check it out, patreon.com. So today, episode 50, five zero. Now, if you had asked me a while ago if I thought I'd make it to 50, I don't know. I mean, when I you know, start the, when you start podcasting, you're never sure. You're like, well, I don't know. Are people listening? But really, you got to remember that if you're going to podcast, if you've got a message that you want to take out, you just take it. I mean, you do what you got to do for social media stuff, but you take that message out and just remember that when you start it, it doesn't matter if it only changes one person's life. Make it happen. Because like God said, that one sheep, that one sheep was important. And in your passion, your your run, your podcast, your blog, your whatever it is you feel compelled to do, that one person is why you're doing it, remember. So, episode 50. Five private things you need to know about vets. Veterans. So, what's a vet? Well, a lot of people would tell you anybody who's ever served in the armed forces. And I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, amongst veterans, you know, it gets technical. Veterans are typically guys who have retired out of the military and, and you know, and serve that way. Maybe they deployed, maybe they didn't. Uh, on other avenues, veterans are people who've deployed. I've been to, a, you know, I was in the National Guard for 24 years. I recently retired. And and I've, I deployed to uh, Iraq twice. So, I mean, you've got amongst military members, you've got, you know, brotherhoods and divisions and things like that. But that's not what I want to get into today. I've noticed over time, and this is not always all inclusive. I'm talking generally speaking that a lot of people don't really understand veterans. Okay. And, you know, you really need to get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ who are vets. Because quite honestly, we're different. We are not like your run-of-the-mill, you know, brothers in Christ. We are, I mean, remember, and I say brothers, I'm not including sisters, only because this is a men's show, guy. Men's show, okay? This is for Christian men. But I want to help you step out to those brothers who may be struggling. Because I got news for you. There are the veterans who are struggling, who you can obviously tell, and there are the veterans who seem like they've got all their stuff in a group, and they don't appear to be struggling, but they are. So... Number one, what do I want you to know? The, the five most private things to know about vets. What is number one? Suicide rates. Let's talk suicide rates. Nobody likes to talk suicide. We're talking it today because it's important. Approximately 20 vets a day commit suicide. And veterans are more than two times as likely to commit suicide than their civilian counterparts. Vets, let me let me say that again. Vets are twice as likely to commit suicide as their civilian counterparts. I uh, read an article in the Military Times, which I have linked on the show. Well, I'll have linked on the show notes, 
vets between the ages of 18 and 34, their, the suicide rate steadily increased from 2006 to 2016, with a jump of more than 10% from 2015 to 2016. The majority of vets, though, were older. Nearly 60% of veteran suicides in 2016 were vets 55 or older. So what does that mean? What's it mean to you? That's really the question. What does it mean? It means that vets struggle. It means that we have things going on inside of us that you may not know about. Why? Well, we'll get to that. Okay, here's what the article also did say. They did say that vets with regular contact with the VA health services were less likely to commit suicide. However, I think the number was about only 30% of vets actually have anything to do with the VA. Now, why do, why do so few have anything to do with the VA? Okay, I'm going to tell you straight up that as a retiree, I've dealt with the VA before, and I'm, I'm dealing with them again now. There are a lot of great people that work in the VA, but the VA system is seriously broken. And it's not that these guys don't know that they can go to the VA. They don't want to waste minutes, hours, days, weeks, years, I mean months, years of their life farting around with the VA. Now, if you work at the VA, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not insulting you. I've met a ton of great people who care at the VA, but the VA is broken. So when you look at this veteran brother in Christ that you have and you're like, why doesn't this guy just go to the VA? Because he has a congregation who be, should be stepping up, men in that congregation who should be stepping up to help him out. Inquiring. When's the last time you asked, actually asked the vet that you know, your brother in Christ, who's probably somewhat inapproachable or seems to have everything on the ball, how he's doing, and then watched the response? Not just looked for a general response, but watched the response. Veterans have a lot of tells, things that you notice. We don't like you to know that because we hide them well, but they're there. Okay, number two, they tend to stuff things. What do I mean by that? I mean, things that hurt us, things that bother us, we tend to stuff them. Now, a lot of us would say, well, I'll deal with it later. No, we don't deal with it later. We just don't deal with it. Okay? Which can affect us long-term, absolutely. I mean, studies have been done, have they not? that state that when you stuff things, emotionally speaking, that it affects your health physically later on in life. So Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. We as vets, we may not know if we can trust you. Or we may not want to burden you with the things going on in our heads. We as vets quite honestly, tend to understand brotherhood better than a lot of Christian men who are not vets. Because brotherhood in the military can be more intense and felt more deeply, obviously, due to the job. Now, does that mean every vet is a door kicker? Now, what do I mean by that? A combat vet. Let me give you a little, let me give you a little side note here, okay? Some of you who are watching me notice that I stand up now, and it's because I can, I've got a lot more energy that way so let me let me tell you a little secret there are two types types of soldiers okay there are combat soldiers and there are support soldiers 
combat soldiers are the ones who kick doors, the ones who drive uh, tanks, the ones who drive uh, uh, Humvees, and, and I'm talking up-armored Humvees who go on patrols. And then there's the support element, supply sergeants, uh, cooks, you know, anybody who doesn't go in actively and, and perform patrols, things like that. So those divisions exist, you know, amongst uh, soldiers. Now, here is what most civilians know about soldiers. Back a few years ago, before I deployed to Iraq the second time, it came out in the news that they were pulling all combat troops from Iraq. Okay, well, A, combat troops never left Iraq. What they did was a paperwork change, and they classified these guys as non-combat. They gave them a general job rating that would not show them as combat troops on paper. Don't think that doesn't mess with the guys when they're doing their jobs. Okay, the amount of stress that... A soldier can go through is tough for the non-civilian or for I'm sorry not the non-civilian is tough for the civilian to understand because you weren't there and we don't hold that against you we don't think that you're stupid we don't think that you're ignorant it's just a fact you just don't know and the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you understand this particular episode is to help you understand where these guys are coming from so once again, when is the last time you asked your vet brother how he's doing? Not in passing, but sincerely came up to him and in the intention of bearing his burden, asked him how he's doing. Number three, we struggle with patience more than most. Now, some of you vets who are listening, and I'm pointing at you right now on live if you're watching me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When we come home from a deployment, uh, our stupid people meter is pegged. I mean, so don't wonder why we are less patient with people who drive. Okay. Why we get less patient when people cut us off. Why we're less patient when people quite honestly say things and we shake our heads and we're like, are you kidding me? Because we've, <laughs> we have had to deal with 24-7 in your face stress. Now, this goes for this goes for a lot of support as well as combat troops, okay? Now, combat troops their their stress is most definite and their counterparts uh, the support element. Now, I was support. We have other things that we have to deal with. Okay? It doesn't mean there's less stress, just different stress. So, so our stupid meter <laughs> our stupid people meters pegged. We've been under extreme deadlines and in many cases, extreme scrutiny. And our stress wasn't just, like I said, daily. It was hourly, hourly, daily, weekly, the entire time. You know, we didn't get time to go home and put our feet up. And what really sets a vet off is when you tell them what they already know. Man, you should really change your attitude. Okay, yeah, you don't tell vets that. They know that already. They're not looking for you to tell them that. They're looking for support. Okay, so it's it's tough to be patient with a guy who is already impatient. And we get that. We know that about ourselves. That, oh, people irritate me so much, but I know that I need to change that because I'm a Christian male. 
Let me give you an example. I mean, as far as the stupid people meter goes, I had a particular colonel who I had a lot of problems with, and his answer to the problems that he had with me was to shave five days off of a family vacation when I returned from Iraq that he knew for a fact I had been planning for over a year. Requiring me to be at an event that not even the event required me to be at. It was a power play. This was not the only time I had had a run-in with him. He just, he had certain people that he really liked to pick out. I was one of them. And I'm not the only soldier who had dealings like this. Stresses you just don't understand. Number four. Really? We just want to be like you. Civilian counterpart. Now, what does that mean? When we come back into civilian life, we, we like to be unnoticed. Okay, now keep in mind, you know, for a long time, we were somewhat high profile in what we were doing. We couldn't get away. You go to your where you're staying, your CHU, condensed housing unit, for those of you don't, that don't know what that means. You go to your CHU where you're living, you can't get away. They find you there. You got to go to your office. You got to go to your Humvee. You got to go to your, your MRAP, which is a, a military combat vehicle. You can't get away. You can never get away. There is no escaping. There is no, you might go get a cup of coffee, but they find you there too. So when we re-enter civilian life, like I said, we just want to be like you. We, a lot of us want to go unnoticed. Now, why is it that? Because we appreciate all the people who come up and say, thank you for your service. We really do. But when we seem awkward, just understand it's awkward for us. It's not that we don't appreciate it. It's not that we don't appreciate your time to actually stop in your day, even for a moment, and acknowledge us. It's just, it's awkward because we're trying to blend in. We'll talk about our military service. We're not ashamed of it. But ultimately, when the uniform's not on, we want to be a Christian brother. We want to contribute. So a lot of us, just remember, don't feel like heroes. I mean, I've heard that term used a lot. We don't feel like heroes. We feel like we did our job. So, number five. We feel from time to time like it's easier for people to think of us as the whacked out vet than to really invest in us as people or as Christian brothers. Why? Because some of us are fairly standoffish or abrasive or rude, which is different than abrasive, by the way. Some of us think we're the, they're just the vets are the nicest guys ever. Some of us are just straight up quiet. Some of us are angry, some depressed, and some just straight up, straightforward with you, blast. Blow your hair back, blast you. We don't want people to dwell on our service, but we don't want them to forget it either, which sounds kind of like an oxymoron, doesn't it? It sounds like a contradiction. But people have never seen or dealt with what the vet may have had to and really can't have any understanding of it. Now, we don't expect you to understand those things, but this is why interaction is so important. Look, when it comes right down to it, vets need to be included even if they don't step up right away. 
And vets always need to be asked, even if they always say no. And vets need to know that you care because they'll let your, they'll let your lack of understanding of their background go if they know they can trust you. Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Vets are exceptionally strong members of their congregations. Immovable forces in their own right. And if their brothers will simply do whatever it takes to help them come into the fold, it can make a tremendous impact on the fold. Remember, it may be a hassle. And at some point, I want you to remember that this guy signed a contract willing to give up his life for your freedom. Guys who are done, vets who are done with the military. Let me tell you what I've struggled with lately, just to give you an idea. 24 years in the Guard, a lot of them not so good. Not because I was a poor soldier, but because I wasn't afraid to question things when I felt they needed to be questions for the sake of my soldiers. My soldiers trusted me and would follow me anywhere. And I worked hard for that because it was important to me that Christ shine in me as a soldier. And now I find myself, my sons, my five sons, are my last son is 18 and almost done with school. My, the rest of my sons are gone. Granted, they're in the area, but I don't have active access to them, you know, 24-7. And I've retired from the guard. I have, I've spent a majority of my years leading men and now I have no one to lead. What does that mean for me as a Christian with strong leadership capabilities and potential to my, in my Christian walk? Because as a vet, I'm the guy who is fairly straightforward. I can be abrasive. You guys have listened to me. If, if you've listened to my podcast much, you know who I am and how I, how I can be. This is how I talk in real life. If you say something, I will call you out because I love you, because I care about you. And a portion of that, a huge portion of that is me as a veteran. The things I had to learn as a soldier, I have brought forth into my Christianity. Did I start this podcast to lead men? To a degree, yeah. More so, I started this podcast because I saw a lack of leadership within the church. And I saw Christian men stepping away from the power of Christ rather than toward the power of Christ. And I can tell you as a soldier, I understand what it means to step toward the power. That is the point of this podcast. Returning Christian men to power within their homes, within their congregations, and within their communities. And in this case, rest restoring leadership qualities to vets who may feel that they can't contribute anymore because their days are done. And they're not. Tag them. Bother them. Tap them on the shoulder. No matter how unapproachable they may seem, always let them know that they're seen, that they're heard, and that they're loved, regardless of how many times they say no.
I want to thank you for listening today, whether you be live or whether you be platform. Now, we host the the Sedated Man on Anchor.fm, but you can also find us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker, and Spotify, and probably a few others I didn't mention there. If you want to contact me directly or you want to see any content, you can find all of our content on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can reach me directly. I, I do mentoring. I do public speaking. And if you just have a question, you can reach me at mike at the sedatedman.com. That's mike at the sedatedman.com. I want to thank everybody for listening. And you guys go out and conquer. Thanks. <laughs>